Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Hey, Will, Will Miles is back this week. It's been a bit of uh, spring break happening going on, spring practice kicking off with the Gators. We've, uh, the, the schedule's kind of been everywhere for us. But, Will, after a couple of weeks, you're back on. And we got a special guest, cornerback Javion Toombs, is joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. Uh, we'll, get the, we'll, get a, we'll get a player perspective and a walk-on perspective of uh, what's going on through spring practice and what's going on with this team. Yeah, man, it's always awesome to have somebody on who has much better insight than we do in terms of what's going on in spring practice because the access that the uh, that the media gets is relatively limited. We always like to call this lying season where where you see a couple of videos and go, ooh, that guy must really be progressing. And certainly, uh, obviously, I don't expect Javion to give us, uh, give us a whole lot of negative news, but I'm sure he's going to be able to point out who's really excelling, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So with the help of the Gator Collective, Javion Toombs joins us right here on Gators Breakdown. Everybody hit that like button. Everybody hit that subscribe button and subscribe to us on Gators Breakdown. But Javion, man, uh, w- welcome to Gators Breakdown. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, hey, man, a lot of changes happened uh, with your right around spring. Uh, coaching changes there for the Gators. Of course, the defensive coordinator, Corey Raymond, taking over the entire secondary as well. We'll get into that, but... You hit the practice field. What what what's practice been like so far for you? Um, practice been, um, it's definitely been like a push. You know what I'm saying, like a test. You know, so you could definitely got to come out, bring your all, because you know, like with Napier, he he us like scribes to make like practices harder than the actual game. So you know, in practice, we working like way harder than we ever gonna have to work when it's game time to make the games easier. So you know. Just got to keep your body right, drink your water, stay hydrated, and just come with it every day. What's your uh, What's your personal goal this spring for you, for yourself? Personal goal? Um, uh, I say I want to earn my scholarship before the season starts, yeah, by this spring, after, like, spring game and stuff. And, you know, Javion, we only really see Saturdays or video of practice. I'm wondering, can you take us sort of through what a typical day is during spring practice? Because, I mean, you guys obviously have class and workouts and all those different things sort of around it. I think a lot of us take for granted that, um, you know, all the different things that are pulling you in different directions, especially as a walk-on. You can, can you sort of walk us through what a typical day looks like this time of year for you guys? All right, so on our practice days, we gonna, um, we have different lift groups, um, 7, 8, 30, 11, 30, and 1. And then between it on your schedule, you get a lift group and then you got either tutoring in the morning or you're working out in the morning. But pretty much the morning is more for like school, you know, get your academics done or your tutoring. And then right around like 1.32-ish, we'd be at the facility. Like then we got meetings all the way to like around like 3.30. And then we got practice and then we don't be done with practice till probably like six around there and then you know you got your recovery after practice and stuff so we don't probably get out of the facility it's about like 7 30 ish you know then you eat so you don't really get home like chill out have your own time till like 8 30 so you know you just got to get in a routine for that 
You're pretty worn out by 830, I assume. <laughs> yeah. Be ready to hit the bed and go ahead and repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. So something not on repeat this year is Patrick Tony being defensive coordinator there for the Gators. And uh, Austin Armstrong comes in and, and takes over. And look, we've heard from almost every player coming in. And Corey Raymond spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, is Armstrong, is, is that reputation of kind of bouncing off the walls and the energy kind of he's inserted into this team. Uh, how, how do you see that? How do you portray that energy that uh, that he's bringing to the defensive side of the football? Nah, yeah, he definitely lives up to the name. Like, he definitely, like, he always brings energy. Not one day you see him, like, just loafing, not just, like, just even, like, normal. Like, he always pumped up, hype ready, you know, in the meetings. He pumped up getting us hype, you know. He just always making sure the energy, like, is – above normal you know the first day he got here he told us like the days of casual at florida is over and you know he just been living up to his word so just got to keep it going for the football side of it what's been um uh, we know the defense is mostly going to stay the same but if there's if there's a change that you've noticed in, in what he's brought besides the energy what would that be um not really much changes, but I would say, like, the names and stuff are more, like, correlated, so it's easier to understand for the players to whereas last year it was kind of, like, just different names with no correlation for the players, you know? Like, for instance, like, it would be, like, a blitz called this play, and then it would be another blitz, but, like, it will have a completely different name. Like, not that it's hard to remember, but, like, the way he does it just makes it a little bit simpler, you know? And before Will hops in, this, look, this was going to be your second year in this defense anyway, uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and for these players. Um, do you feel that, you know, more familiarity with this defense was just going to help anyway, but now you got a new voice to kind of to, to, to kind of express the, uh, the the second year in this in this same defense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely I got a way better understanding, like, knowing the checks and all that. So I definitely feel like that will be an impact uh, this upcoming year for sure. Well, you know, Coach Raymond obviously got, I guess, promoted and more responsibility now with all the defensive backs under his wing. Um, have you noticed that the defensive backs are are working more together than last year, or what's changed in terms of having uh, Coach Raymond having more responsibilities with the defensive backs? Um, definitely, I would say like it's coming together more with like the cornerbacks uh, and the safeties. Like every time we break down, it's a group breakdown, not just like a safety breakdown, corner breakdown, you know, it's always together, not like individual breaking it up. Like us DBs, we like won this year. So I think that'll definitely like help us in the long run. <clears throat> Javion, we know Corey Raymond's got that reputation of development that he had at LSU. Now he's bringing it to Florida. Uh, what, 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 what do you like? about working with, with, with Raymond? Is it that history that he has out there of putting so many guys in the league? You know, how has he, in, in just your short time of being on this field for a year, how do you think he's made your game better? Um, Well, just like, you know, his resume, you know, he was in the league. You know, he, he made a name for himself in the league. Plus, like, his reputation as a coach is, is the, like, he number one. Uh, Well, he was rated number one last time I checked the rankings. But, you know, he live up to that. You know, like, every day he just coming in, he always going to tell you something about life. And then he also going to tell you, like, something about the game of football. You know, he, he like, the way he coaches, like, the game changes is not the same. Like, you can't teach the same thing they've been teaching years ago. So, you know, like, that's another reason I think, like, no coach better than him because he's steady, like, evolving his game. You know, he always open to learn more and try new things. But, you know, 
would do whatever is best for like how the game be evolving and just matching what today's date doing, you know? Yeah. With that in mind, I mean, last year, obviously, a lot of criticism for the defense. Um, if you could point to one thing, or maybe your coaches are pointing to what thing, what do you think you can attribute sort of those struggles to? Is there one thing, or is there a multitude of things that sort of led to the struggles? And and what are you doing right now as, a, as an organization to, uh, to, to sort of address those things that, that maybe the defense was deficient on last year? Um, I don't really know, like, what hurt us exactly, but I know uh, one stat that we've been working on was our third down uh, percentages. Uh, I can't remember the number, but it was, like, one of the worst in the country. So uh, every day in practice, like, before, like, in the meetings before practice, you know, Coach Armstrong emphasizing, like, when it's third down, like, you know, you got to own the field. Like, it's a privilege to play on third down. When it's third down, like, go out there, get that stop. So just every day, like, when we see that three on the – uh little marker you know got to get the start we just really been emphasizing third down this year because that was I think that was probably our biggest like setback last year JB let's go to some players back there in the secondary that you're that you're back there with Jason Marshall returns for his third season and you know leading that cornerback group what have you seen uh you know maybe from from his leadership and now uh another year under Corey Raymond his second year in this defense and his third year overall the growth from one Jason Marshall um, definitely seeing improvements, um, like technique wise, you know, uh, Corey Raymond, like real strict on like technique, your steps and where your eyes at and, you know what I'm saying? Just making sure everything moving together. So you could definitely see the improvements. Like after just like over the years, you know, this spring, you know, he finally like getting all the tweaks and stuff and you could just see it. Like, cause when you come out in practice, you know, he ain't giving up no, no catches, no nothing. Like. He there everywhere, so you could definitely see the improvements with uh, Corey Raymond's uh, techniques and stuff. And, you know. Well, obviously, you've got Kamari Wilson and Miguel Wilson there at, at or Miguel M- Mitchell at safety there. Um, you know, who is there anybody in the secondary specifically that you think has really stood out the first couple of weeks of spring practice? Um, definitely Kamari, um, Miguel too. Miguel made some plays. Um and then Perk, uh Jadarius Perkins, he been um yeah, he been snapping, he's been getting a lot of like forced fumbles and stuff, you know, good coverage, PBU. So definitely uh Perk, Miguel and Kamara, yeah. So JV, I, I, I talked to you before this, but uh, you know, knowing some people who who've been there at practice, you yourself been making plays since so, so, so this, this this spring practice, and I know an interception a couple practices ago. Uh, you know what? Just how has this you know this second year been for you? I mean, has the experience paid off to now where you see yourself making plays uh, on a more consistent basis here in spring practice? Um, yeah, definitely. Like comparing myself to where I was when I first got here, and then just now, like watching the film and going back, like, my footwork's getting better, like, my technique, stuff like that. But, you know, I just got to keep working. But, um, yeah, I definitely see improvements, um, especially with, like, having a, like, second, going on my second year with the playbook. It's way easier, like, to understand what routes I'm getting, what formation the offense coming out in. So I'm knowing, like, what's the possibilities of what they could run. So, like, uh, definitely see improvements, but uh, nowhere near where I want to be for sure.
I hear you. So Will and I, you know, we got together before this. We we definitely want to get to know more about you. So that that that, that will be the first question. Uh, you know, kind of seeing where you're at this spring. But you know, one thing Billy Napier has brought up, and, and he's emphasized the he's emphasized the importance of walk-ons uh, that he wants to have at, at Florida within this program. You know, saying that it's a critical aspect of the roster. And how has he shown that to you and the, and other walk-ons on the, in this program? Um, it's just like he just. Treat everybody the same, you know. He makes sure like none of the walk-ons feel left out, you know. Like you walking through the hallways, it's not like, oh, that's Coach Napier, he gonna walk by. Like, oh, that's Coach Napier, I gotta act like this, you know. Everybody being themselves, you know. He gonna talk to you the same, have a conversation with you, joke around with you. That's just like the way he is. Like he real big on like treating everybody the same, even like the janitors, the trainers. The nutritionist, like, treating everybody the same, no matter what your name is, no matter who you are, you know. So, yeah. Uh, you said your goal was to get a scholarship coming here out of the spring. I mean, did you have authors other places and sort of what colored your decision to come to Florida as a walk-on and, and decide to try to try to earn that scholarship? Um, yeah, I had uh, D2 offers and, um, like, NAIA offers. I was uh, verbally committed to Kaiser, but um, I got a call from Florida, you know, and they just telling me how, like, they like my film and stuff and how they offer me a preferred walk-on. But I just, like, I mean, I know my work, and I just feel like I wanted to bet on myself because I know what I could do and what I could prove. So I came to Florida to do that. Hey, JV on. So, you, what, what's been the biggest challenge uh, as as a walk on? Maybe to c- compare to some other players out there, is there any specific obstacles or, or difficulties that make it unique for walk ons, or is it mostly the same? Uh, and, and if you have those obstacles there that maybe some other players don't have, you know, how have you dealt with the the challenges and and the work that you know is there to overcome those? I say the biggest obstacle <clears throat> is like. Um, like rep wise, you might not get as many reps as like a one or a two when you first get in there. But like when you do get your like reps, when you do get your shot, you got to make the most of it. So like that's why it's always good like to know your playbook, get in the playbook, know the formations and stuff. So like when you do get your shot, you can make the most of it. So then if they do call, happen to call your number, you're ready at all times. So what's changed between your 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 last year and this year? I mean, obviously, your knowledge of the playbook, your knowledge of the system, those sorts of things. But has has your responsibility and your number of reps changed as 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 you've gone from your first year to your second year? Yeah. So um, so this spring I was um, the like first practice I was on the uh, twos and threes field, and then uh, D Moore got hurt again. So then they, I had got moved to the, uh, twos field. I was in twos field and I was running with the twos. And then that's where I've been at. So, uh, I definitely say I've been getting more reps this year, more responsibility because I've been running with the twos. And, you know, we got the, uh, orange and blue game coming up. So that means a lot of reps in that game too. So just got to stay focused. Jeffy, that's kind of where I was going to go next. You mentioned the orange and blue game, and we're going through spring practice here. You know, did, did you kind of have this as a benchmark uh, for maybe your career? You know, this being your second spring practice, this being your second year uh, in this defense, you know, did you kind of sit this, you know, hit this year as a benchmark and say, you know, if I'm going to make my mark, you know, spring practice is the time to make it. You're going to get them probably most of the reps here to, to, to go improve yourself. Yeah, uh, no doubt. That's definitely, like, where my thinking was. Uh, my exit meeting at the end of the season with Napier, he pretty much, like, stated, like, this spring should be, like, 
my like sprout year like where like everything changed like where it should be like a jump this year so like you know i definitely been just trying to make the most of that like every rep i'm getting i'm going hard trying to you know make a name for myself because now's the time like ain't no other time like it's the perfect time to get my reps showcase what i could do orange and blue game we split so that's even more reps for me so just spring like you know that's a real big thing for me so i've just been trying to stay locked down how how hard is it when you're somebody i mean you come in you're an all-state level player there in in high school come in how difficult is it to go from being a starter to somebody who's just fighting for reps fighting up the depth chart um did that get discouraging and then sort of now that you're running with the ones and twos um to sort of make it all worth it now that you've gotten to that point yeah uh definitely like yeah it's times where like i'd be like kind of like just like thinking like dang but like also, like, you got to look at the good in every situation. So I be just thinking, like, my situation, like, it's people who dreaming to be where I'm at. So, like, even though I'm not playing right now, it's people, who, like, wishing to be in my shoes. So just being grateful for that and just continuing to work, you know, like, yeah, I'm not in right now, but, like, at least I get to, like, be in this environment, you know what I'm saying? Like, keep working. Like, one day my shot going to come just stay patient, you know? JB, has it been a moment – you know, of course, I've been you know here just a little over a year now. Was there a, a favorite moment so far that you've had in just this little over a year? And you know, what's probably you know what's hold, holding some meaning to you so far? Um, I'd probably say the Utah game, like just like when uh Bernie got the interception and just like the crowd and stuff like going wild. Like that's the first time when I've been in like a stadium with that many people, like a, a crowd that into a game, you know, like, so it was just like a crazy moment for me. Like I had chills everywhere and I'll probably say Gator walk that game too. Like just seeing like all the fans and everybody like so happy to see you. And like, you know, that just like, that, that was like lit. Yeah, that was lit. <laughs> so once, once you're on the field, What's your favorite situation or favorite type of coverage? Like, do you like when the tight end's coming across the middle and you get to drill him? Do you like coming up and run support? Like, do you like it when you're one-on-one on the outside in, you know, man cover zero? Like, what is the situation that when the coach makes the call or you see something that you saw on film and you know it's coming, that you start licking your chops because you're, you're waiting for it? Uh, okay, for sure. Um, when the uh, receivers go like – they go like a split. So they, 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 they in a split. So like they'll probably be like lined up on the hash. So then I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna get like a crosser or like an inside release curl. Uh, I love I love, I love when the uh, receiver cut they split down because it only give them so many more routes to run. So yeah, that'd be my favorite right there. Um, you you mentioned Devin Moore a bit, and he was a you know a true freshman that came on the scene last year. He was making plays in that late Utah game uh, that that you mentioned, and uh, he was getting he was getting plenty of hype <laughs> going into that season as a true freshman. Uh, you mentioned the injury a bit. How's he bouncing back? And you know, was the was the hype that was there last year? Uh, were you seeing it as well? Nah, yeah, D Moore definitely. Uh, he he got the most potential. I say, uh, in my opinion, he probably. Uh, he probably the best corner, uh, best corner in college. If you ask me, that's my boy though. But um, definitely, like he been working. You know, he be in the uh, recovery room every day trying to uh, get his shoulder back right and stuff. But you know, he he a soldier. I mean, he a soldier. Like even when his uh, shoulder like hurt, like he gonna keep going to the trainer to make him stop. You know, so like you could definitely tell that he wanted and he got like that dog in him. But yeah, he definitely bounced back, bouncing back for sure. 
so so your brother dwight's a safety at fau right so who's faster I want to say me now. Like in high school, I give it to him, but I don't think he can run with me no more. I don't think he can run with me well, no then, more. Then who's the bigger hitter? Is it him or you? The bigger hitter, me. Yeah, me for sure. Me for sure. No doubt. He know that. All right. I don't know if the coaches are like this, putting you guys in a situation where you got to go hit something. But maybe we can set that race up somewhere after spring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds good. Uh, Jeff, y'all, let's go to you know, spring practice a bit and, and, and keeping it going. A lot of early enrollee true freshmen uh, for this class coming in. Um, what are you doing? What are you sharing with those guys to help them get through these uh, early reps that they're going through in their career right now? Um, Pretty much just like making sure like they in their playbook, they know all the checks, like what to do if you got motion, you know, because th- that's really all that matters, like. Everybody here, we all know they can play ball. It's whether or not, like, you know what you're going to do on the field. You know your assignment, like, and just doing your job. So just, like, being there for them, like, helping them with the playbook if they got any questions or, like, just, like, any little thing they need help with. Because, <laughs> you know, we don't got that many old guys no more with all the transfers we have. So, like, now we got to step in and play, like, bigger roles as sophomores and juniors and stuff like that. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you – that was one question I had, too, and I wanted to go there. There was a lot made about the over 30 guys that were, you know, not part of this program anymore, and and a lot of those being transfers. And, of course, some people out there wanted to label it as, you know, some guys wanting to leave the program or, you know, maybe something's wrong inside the building or whatever. How would you assess, you know, the the transfers out of the Florida program? We know a lot of them were from the previous staff, and, you know, you didn't have much to do with that previous staff at all. You just coming in last year. Um, Was it just, you know, guys not fitting in play style? Was it just, uh, you know, personalities just not meshing? You know, how would you assess, you know, why some of these transfers left the program? Um, I can't say all, but, like, majority of them was just, like, always in comparison to the way uh, Dan Mullen would run the program, you know, just like, for instance, we got practice at this time and then we get like a break and we got to come back later on in the day, you know, they would just be like, nah, like Mullen and I was done by the morning, like, why we got to do this, you know, just not trusting the process, you know, just always like having a negative mindset to things, you know, I, I feel like that played a like part. So, yeah, a little bit of that. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of guys, though, who are participating in the pro day, who went to the NFL Combine. How exciting is it to see, even in a year where Florida goes six and seven, to see that number of guys going to the Combine? I mean, heck, it sounds like there's going to be two, maybe even three first-round draft picks coming out of coming out of the, coming out of the Florida program. How, how exciting is it to see those guys being able to progress nah, to that yeah, level? That, that, it is real cool, especially, like, some of the ones I'm, I'm close with, like, you see, uh, like – like they like about the change, you know that that's real happy. Like I'm happy for them boys. Like they work for that, you know. It's finally paying off, you know. Like that's everybody. Like we all dream of that as a kid, especially like first round. Like, like you can't ask for no better than that. So you know, like that's just real. Like that's real good for them. Proud of them boys. Can't wait for pro day. I'm gonna be out there to support my boys. <clears throat> Davion, we'll, uh, you know, take it straight to you just a bit more before we sign off. Uh, get you to sign off here on this episode, but. Uh, what's your, what, what are you majoring in? What do you want to get out of, you know, your, your career here at Florida? Um, so my major is uh, sports management with a minor in um, entrepreneurship. 
What do you what do you, what are you hoping to do with that? Um, I'm not really like too sure yet, but I know I want to um start a business like kind of sort of with like renting out houses and like renting out B&Bs, like real estate kind of like mostly around that around that area. So so obviously the Gator Collective and, and sort of NIL in general, I think most of the fans takes on that is, is uh, you know, the money aspect of it clearly. But what I'm curious about is, you know, when you're talking about your entrepreneurship, your career goals, you know, one of the big selling points, at least that we've heard from, from Billy Napier and the Florida program in general is the support that they give for sort of the after football aspect of things. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit in terms of what the collective and the program overall can do from the standpoint of your career goals, not just, ne- you know, your career goals, as an entrepreneur, not just necessarily as a football player. Um, definitely. Uh, like the Gator Collective, like we got a lot of fans and um, like alumni and people from all over. So it, it helps us because we get like more connections and like more people to reach out to for jobs all over the uh, United States and everywhere. Like I know a couple of my uh friends who like uh, you know they got like business uh jobs. They got like landscaping jobs like good pan jobs too you know just off somebody who knew somebody related to the gator collective so you know that's just good having that like extra help like extra support branch you know to go to when you're looking for something to do after football javion um you know with the gator collective you know they, they've helped set this up and hey look i mean you've even uh i believe you know just within the last couple of months you know i know you've been on different podcasts and you know different media entities out, out there you know is it also helping you with, with you know those aspects you know opportunities you otherwise wouldn't have gotten you know without nil uh in the gator collective going on you know just talk about you know maybe even some of the responsibilities you have in, in getting with the gator collective and, and and things you've been able to do since then um, so like, I would say the Gator Collective, like, they help me a lot. Like, they'll, um, just reach out to different people, like, different businesses, um, different, like, podcasts and media uh, people, and, like, just to help me get my name out there, get my brand out there, you know, help me, like, promote myself and just help me. So, um, shout out to them for that, for sure. So I, I have a question, a little bit, a little bit of a fun one here. Who do you think the funniest guy on the team is? Who who keeps you guys loose? I mean, especially spring. You know, there's not sort of that that carrot at the end of the spring like there is in the fall, where you got a got a big opening game in the swamp, or this year a big opening game out in Salt Lake City. Um, who's the guy who keeps you loose when you're putting all this hard work? Uh, I'll probably say Shamar James. Yeah, Shamar. Shamar. Yeah, we've had him on a couple of Gator Collective events <laughs> on, on Twitter Spaces, and he definitely seems to be one of the one, one of the funniest ones out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Javion, I, I asked the players I have here on this one, and Billy Napier's gonna let you pick the uniform that you wanna that Florida's gonna run out of the tunnel with. So, you, which which what are you picking? Are you going orange helmet, white helmet, blue helmet? What color jersey? What color pants? If Billy Napier gave you the decision. What what uniform you rocking? All orange. All, All orange. orange. All orange. <laughs> it's All been a while. It's been a while. Is that what you wore on your visit? Did you have that for all the all the pictures and all that stuff? All nah, orange. I didn't even. I never. I never wore the orange yet. I never wore the orange. That's why I really want to wear it. I never wore it. Yet. <laughs> never wore it. 
Well, let's see if it's Well, I mean, the rumor is there's some black uniforms coming, so I don't know. Yeah, if you guys... yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait. Like, I hope we, I hope we get them because all black. That's that, that's fire. That's fire. Yeah. I mean, since Napier's come, we see the coaching staff in black all the time now. So it's just, <laughs> I guess, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, only a matter of time. <laughs> Will you got anything else for Javion? Well, uh, I can't nah. let you go. I, I can't let you go without asking this question because it's the question that's on everybody's mind. How do the quarterbacks look? There you go. Okay, okay. Quarterbacks looking they looking good. I, I, I can honestly say they looking good. Um right now, my favorite might be a little favoritism, but I would probably go Graham and Max. Graham and Max like here and here right now. That's how it's that's like that's how it's shaking out in practice a bit. Yeah, yeah, in my opinion. Okay, okay. There we go. A little bit of insight there from Javion. Um, we'll keep it on that side of the ball for a second, Javion. Is is that running back tandem of ETN and Johnson, is it, are they as hard to handle as it, as it looks like they're on, 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 from us fans and from us media perspective? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. They're definitely an elite duo. Uh, you, yeah, you, it's rare you uh, find a like, duo like that. They definitely – they definitely do some things that you don't see on the day-to-day like football basis. So yeah, them boys definitely special. Do they let, do they let you know or are they kind of quiet? Nah, they 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 pretty humble with it. They just keep it. They just keep it cool, you know. Cool. <laughs> Sounds good, uh, Javion. Anything you want to tell Gator Nation out there? Uh, no. Nah, thank you guys for supporting me. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I hear you, man. Javion Toombs, cornerback for the Florida Gators. We'll see him all spring long taking those reps. And, hey, man, we can't wait for the spring game, Javion. I'll be rooting for you out there and um, taking advantage of every rep that, you, that we'll see out there on that Thursday night. And uh, um, for, uh, thanks for hopping on Gators Breakdown with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Javion Toombs, everybody, right here on Gators Breakdown. Big thanks to – to him, Will, and, and the Gator Collective for, for helping to set that up. But, uh, man, love uh, some good bit of insight there. I didn't mean to gloss over the quarterbacks. I did have it on my list there, but I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it back up. Well, as someone who wrote an article about why I think Max <laughs> Brown needs to start, I wanted to make sure I asked the question. Um, that's interesting, right? It's interesting to hear him say that. And obviously he's one opinion and, and, uh, you know, um, but uh, it's interesting to hear that. I mean, I know there's been some question about with Brown playing baseball and, and really just a lack of depth at that position overall with only three guys um, you know, who might come in in the transfer portal, all that sort of stuff. So getting an idea of where those guys stand. And I hadn't heard about the Devin Moore injury either. So um, you, know, you may have heard of that, but, uh, but that's well, interesting. Well, of course, the one from last year. But yeah, like he said, you know, maybe, maybe a re-aggravation or you know, maybe it's slowing him down a bit more this spring. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, interesting that, he, that he's running with the ones in the twos and and you know i mean everything we've heard about armstrong is just energy 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 so uh, to hear that reinforced by a player i think is a is a good sign considering that you know in some in some cases i think the um the defense sometimes snowballed last year, right? That just yeah. didn't have didn't have the ability to maintain confidence. You know, you have the two games against A and M in South Carolina, sort of the second half against A and M, the game against South Carolina where everything went well, and then you come out in the next game and things are starting to go south, and they just couldn't really sort of right the ship. So having a guy with energy who's going to come in there, simplify some of the terminology, um, make sure everybody knows where they're supposed to go, and uh, and uh, you know if they if they button up some of those broken coverages, I think things can't help but get better. So encouraging, encouraging to hear. 
Yeah, we got plenty more on the defensive back. Corey Raymond speaking to the media yesterday, uh, and also Miguel Mitchell. I'll get to hear from him for the first time. So, hey, we'll keep it on that train right there of the new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. But, you know, Corey Raymond goes into this experience. This is, you know, the second year in this defense. Uh, while the defensive coordinator is changing, it's still – Defense isn't changing all that much. So uh, Corey Raymond goes into how more experience is paying off. And then we hear from him and safety Miguel Mitchell on what defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong is like. I mean, basically, we're still doing pretty much doing the same stuff we did last year. You know, with Coach, he's taking the safeties. It's just we're all together doing it together. We have, you know, maybe some more working together, cohesiveness, talking together. It was the same thing with Coach Tony. It wasn't nothing. You know, it was just everything for last year was more being new than anything. And the guys getting in, and I think being a year in the system and not changing anything, I think you'll see a lot more improvements, you know, because we had the good system last year. It's the same system from last year. It was really good. And I think that the guys have grown into it and understanding how to become professionals in it, and that's what's going to make them better. What do you think of our, uh, Coach Armstrong? Uh, I mean, he good, good, good. He, he works hard. You, you feel me? He works hard. He does. You know, he's very, very high, enthusiastic. He, you know, he gets into it, uh, which is good. You know, um, he got a lot of energy. So that's a good thing, and he brought, brought energy. His playing philosophy seems to be pretty aggressive. Yeah. What, what is that? Put the what responsibility. What does that require? I mean, we're just going to do a secondary. You're going to have to be in situations where you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have some one on one matchups, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to win. He's exactly. Said Sorry, he said last week that not a lot of defenses are going to be multidimensional in the front and the back. What does that mean for you? Oh, well, I mean, it's, you know, you're going to do a little bit of a little bit of everything, dab in a little bit of different defensive because it comes from a lot of things that have been, you know, where he came from, a little bit where Aranda came from. It's, it's all a lot of defenses that are mixed together, so you see a lot of different things. And so, you know, it, it's adjustment. The good thing is the kids already were introduced to it by Coach Tony, which he did a good job in doing that, and I think that it's, it's making them making them better. With, with players on an island, though, back to that. Um, yeah, I but, mean. But, the, the, yeah, talk about that for just a sec, but also how, what is that, what do you need to see from players to have the well, I just it, now now it was the fact that they understand the techniques we were trying to trying to teach them. I think they're they're understanding everything that what we want, what we're trying to get accomplished, and I think that's what they're comfortable with now. So you see them playing a little bit more faster. You see them compete more. You see them doing all the little things to get better. Yeah, he brings a lot of energy every day. Um, I love Coach Armstrong. Um, so crazy story, he recruited me back in high school over at Southern Miss, so I kind of had a relationship with him already, so it just carried over really here, so I got kind of lucky in that department. How That's beneficial crazy. was that for you as a player, having that connection a little bit more? Than yeah, it really helped because, like, yeah, I didn't really have to, like, learn him. I kind of already knew much about him, so when he got him, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's easy for me. I, mean, I really have to make an adjustment, really. So, <laughs> what would you, yeah. you know about him at Southern Miss? I mean, what did you think of him there? And I mean, He obviously had a lot of success in that one year. Yeah, he was a great coach over there. Um, I ended up choosing Florida, but he was just a great coach over there. He recruited me a lot, so he was up there with me all the what, time. But what did you just like about him? I mean, just personality-wise, scheme-wise, what, what kind of drew you to him? Because Southern Miss is yeah. not beating Florida for most Yeah, he's, got, he's a really aggressive. He calls aggressive. Um, he's going to go after quarterback. Um, I kind of like that. I like playing man a lot, so that favors me a lot. Mm-hmm. Other coaches, other players describe him as high energy too. Like, what's uh, his coaching style like in terms of how he how he gets on you guys? Uh, so one of those small things, like when we start the unit meetings, he starts with music. So that's kind of like his energy way he brings in the music. Everybody's hyped up. Yeah. What kind of music? 
whatever we like, whatever we, he lets us pick. So, little <laughs> baby, whatever, whatever popping at the time. You know what I'm saying? There you go, Will. And even sounds like the players are having a little bit more fun uh, with Austin Armstrong. Look, I've, I've seen the videos and the pictures uh, floating on social media the last couple of days, and you can tell there is a bit of a uh, of a different energy that you hope uh, you know feeds off into these players. But hey, look, Will, there, there's two reasons, right? We should see more aggression. Austin Armstrong is one of them, but you know we we, we heard Javion say it, and it kind of just speaks to it as well. I mean, this is the second year in the system. Guys should be more comfortable. They should know their assignments, and that should allow them uh, to be more aggressive. Whether who, you know, no matter who the defensive coordinator would be this year, some more confidence should lead to uh, some more aggression there. I think on that end too. So you know, I think play faster, play more confident because of this second year uh, in, in the same system, and also because of Austin Armstrong's you know more aggressive philosophy. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously when we look at sort of the the combine performances of some of the guys in the secondary yeah. last year, you look at the 40 times and say, okay, there just wasn't the recovery time when you made a mistake, right? So everybody's learning a brand new system, but you sort of rely on the guys with more experience to make less mistakes, even though you might have more physically gifted guys sitting behind them. Well, now those more, more physically gifted guys have two years in the system or are going into their second year in the system. And so the mental mistakes that maybe were there last year on the practice field that we didn't necessarily see week to week, all of a sudden are going to be gone or at least are going to be minimized and you're going to have guys who are more physically gifted. I don't think there's any doubt that guys like Kamari Wilson are more physically gifted than than Trading and Rashad Torrance and, and Travez Johnson. Now look, I mean, those guys had a lot of experience though and those guys played pretty well a couple of years ago, not necessarily in 21 but or in 20, but in 21 the, the secondary was actually pretty good. Um, obviously last year it struggled. So um, I think in many ways though the, the commentary that we had with, with JV on there, I may think maybe even be more relevant right is that the attitude and the culture of the organization is dictated by how everyone is bought in and Mm -hmm. and so if there were people grumbling about how dan mullen and his staff would have used to have done something last year well you can imagine how that might transfer over into the performance on the field um you know again you might say well you got to put the young guys in but you don't want to put a young guy in there and like ruin his confidence and make him doubt himself if you're not if, you know, if you're not winning a championship. And so, um, you know, get those guys, season them, get them, get them trained up and get them out there. And I think that's what we're going to see this year at safety with Wilson and, and Mitchell and, and some of the other guys as well, right? That, um, you know, the hope is, is that the experience is going to catch up to the athletic ability and having some catch-up ability, especially in the SEC, because you're going to make mistakes, right? The receiver's going to turn your hips in the wrong direction. Like, there are going to be times where you need recovery speed. And, and these guys, I think, are going to be able to show that a little bit more this year. Yeah, and so, and we'll get into that plenty. We'll hear from Corey Raymond and, and, and Mitchell coming up here in just a second on some players uh, back there. But you heard Miguel Mitchell just a second ago, and hey, Will Corey Raymond discussed him. He's going to play safety instead of star. You know, he did play a little bit of star last year. He played a little bit of safety last year. Would he kind of maybe bleed over? Uh, but no, uh, Corey Raymond said safety is his position. Uh, his star is more of a quicker, faster, big guy. But he's so fast and big, he can do all that. But he'll be potent, or potent where he's at at safety. So Corey Raymond, uh, his plan uh, as overseer now of the entire secondary is Miguel Mitchell is going to be uh, a safety here. And look, he came on at the end of last year, found ways to uh, you know call some turnovers, played both nickel and star there. Get some clarification that Raymond likes him at safety. So, well, it's kind of now as we go through spring practice here, we get some clarifications of. Uh, of some position fits now back here on the back end. We get uh, Mitchell at safety. We get Jaden Hill at star from last week. And, 
hey, look, now we'll get to hear from Corey Raymond uh, on Jaden Hill's play at star and other players, Jason Marshall, Devin Moore, true freshman Jakeem Jackson. And then Mitchell uh, comes back in and follows that up with his thoughts on the secondary and all these early enrollee freshmen. Gives that extra, you know, added guy that's a twitchy guy inside that can blitz, that can do something, that can cover inside and slot man to man, and it fits his body style. It's going to fit him, and I think he's going to prosper in that position. Is there one guy that you've got that you say you you had him last year, and you look at and you say, wow, he's just really turned the page and really made dramatic improvement? Well, I say Jason Marshall. He 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 became he, he's got. Better, you know what I'm saying. As the season started progressing, you saw the, you saw the climb in his play, which you know he was a highly recruited guy. Everybody recruited him, um, and you see that coming out right now. In what ways? Uh, from just being a, honestly being a pro, you know, doing all everything the right way, working extra, uh, working hard at practice, doing all those little things. That's what he's doing. That like he's it's like he's almost he's ready to be a professional, and he's working like that to be a professional. You guys lost a lot of guys. I mean, you lost some key guys, but you didn't go hit the portal. So no, what's that say about the guys you haven't? Yeah, I, I'm coming a, in? I, I'm a guy. Just believe in the guys I recruit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what you you homebred. This is just, you get those guys and you develop them. Everything is all going to be about development, and I think the guys want that. You know, most time the guys are trying to poke our guys. Speaking <laughs> of that, Jakeem Jackson, where's he at right now? Oh, he's 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 coming along really good. He's going to be real good. He has a chance to be special. We just got to keep him going, keep him understanding what we want, the details of playing the position, because at the end of the day, it's about your athleticism, but it's a lot of details in, in the position that you have to learn, and it's going to be changing every play because, you know, things change, and you got to be able to change quick, so you got to be a critical thinker, and that's what he's starting to learn how to become a critical thinker. Do you think he'll be able to play as a true freshman? Yeah, he'll get some playing time. We've got some really good guys here, and he'll, he'll you know, I think he'll he'll get in there. How, how did you – Identify him in the recruiting process. I was he played receiver, then he moved to DB, but you saw the traits. And then, like you say, he, he, you saw the traits that he had. And, you know, that, I thought that he's a, you know, he was a really good player in high school once he started playing the position. Now you see the, the, how he's growing. And, you know, he had some guys working with him outside of that that did a good job with him and helped him with his fundamentals. And those guys down there did a good job with him. I think it was great that uh, Coach Raymond got promoted over all the DBs. You know, he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's coached a lot of good players, and he knows what it takes to get all of us uh, to that elite level. What's his defense going to require from the secondary? I mean, guys are going to end up on an island maybe a little bit more sometimes because of the aggressiveness of the scheme, it sounds like. Yeah, just the regular fundamentals, communication, um, tackling is going to be an important one. Um, getting everybody lined up, making sure everybody's in the right spots and uh, make sure not being ourselves, just getting the MAs right. How, how much does that fall on you, like the lining guys up since you're on the back end? Uh, yeah, that's one of our that's like our main job really. Since we're, just, we're like the quarterback of the defense, so that's been our main job. One of our big focuses of the spring is communication, just getting everybody lined up on defense. With Rashad and uh, Trey Gunn, how much do you view this as an opportunity for you right now? Uh, yeah, um, those guys had a lot of experience. You know, I learned a lot from those guys, uh, and then just stepping in, taking that role, taking over what I learned as a freshman, and bringing it into the sophomore year. Um, I'm excited to see what I can do. Kamari, in terms of your communication with them, I mean, you guys played together some last year. It looks like yeah. we're going to be playing together a lot. What's that like, and what's uh, have you guys kind of created a little bond? You think? Yeah, we got a good relationship off the field. I'm, I'm with them pretty much all the time. You could say we like uh, 
always buddy buddy all the time. Okay. Yeah. How about on the field in terms of like how you guys are communicating? You think? Yeah, we try to. Uh, so what we've been doing, we try to play like left and right. I mean, we both pretty much loaded defense pretty much well. So we just try to communicate, and stay on the same page all the time. The like new the new class. What are they showing you so far? Uh, I think that's a really good group of freshmen. Um, yeah, they're coming in. They know they they know more than I expected coming in as a freshman. You know, they came. They most of them are already here coming in that early enrollee. So that would be big going into the season. Is that they get, they'll get that extra time over the people coming in May. You know, some guys are saying that they're bringing like a new kind of energy into the program. Yeah. Are you feeling that at all? Yeah, for sure. They they coming in locked in. They're ready to work. Um, they got a different mindset to them. They got this work mentality, and that's kind of what we need. What they need, Will, and absolutely. I mean, there is a lot of youth on that back end uh, for the Gators. That's why there's so many early enrollees, true freshman early enrollees. But, hey, look, Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, they were contributors last season, played a lot of football last season uh, as true freshmen. Now they're starting at safety. I mean, you know, they were true freshmen last year. Now they come in as sophomores, and they're both starting uh, at, at those safety spots. Uh, but, look, they have familiarity with this defense. So you hope that pays off their second year in the system. Uh, young guys there. You know, elsewhere you have the experience, Jason Marshall, Jaden Hill, Jadarius Perkins. But besides those guys, Will, it is – Youthfulness going on there. You, you have uh, you have a, a guy as a second year Gator, Jalen Kimber. But you know this is only he's played some football at Georgia as well, of course. But his second year uh, as a Gator, you got second year overall Devin Moore, and then the slew of early enrollee true freshmen that were just brought up: Jakeem Jackson, Jordan Castell, Sharif Denson, Bryce Thornton, Aaron Gates. So you know, Will, while it is you know a second season in this defense for some. Florida, you know, at times they're going to have to rely on players getting their very first reps uh, in spring practice right now, you know, and extend that to linebacker transfers to Roger Mitchell, Deuce Spurlock, uh, Jaden Robinson is a true freshman, Caleb Banks, Cam Jackson up front is transfers. They'll be relied on. Uh, so hopefully you will, the, you know, the growing pains of last year with everything being so new doesn't show up this year. Uh, but, you know, this will be a defense for with some new faces. There'll be some large roles played by those new faces whether they're a transfer, whether they're true freshmen, uh, or you know, we're just some young guys in their uh, you know in, in their second season, you know. So while there is a lot of familiarity familiarity for many, um, a lot of contributors are going to be playing their first naps in this defense. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think that's sort of the theme for the entire team overall. It's not yeah. just the defense. I mean, if I look at it, I've got 53 guys on my count out of the scholarship players that are on here who are either freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or sophomores, um, which means you're going with a youth movement, and that's sort of been the 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 direction that Napier and company have taken since the start. I think that one of the things that's interesting is, you know, you mentioned the safeties, um, Mitchell specifically, the fact that you talked about and that Raymond talked about, no, he's a safety. We're not going to hybrid him between safety and star. I actually think that's important when you've got the youth, right? That what you can't do is try to teach a guy six positions if you need him to know what he's going to do and execute well at one. And, you know, throughout the entire Grantham era and then last year with Tony, there was an awful lot of guys moving around, having to be able to play multiple positions. Um, hey, we're even if you go back to like Amari Bernie, a guy who mm -hmm. originally they talked about, well, we're going to have him flex between a safety and a linebacker. And I don't know that it's a coincidence that it took until his fifth year in the program to really start to take real steps forward as a linebacker. And so you think about Mitchell. 
if you have him learning both star and safety and you say, well, now I want you to play safety full time, it's going to be a tough adjustment. So doing it in the spring and then saying, hey, look, we're going to have depth charts at each of these positions, but you're going to know that position well, I think is probably a better way to do things than saying, hey, this guy has some skills we could use here, some skills we could use here, and we're going to kind of try to to cut the corner with, with a hybrid player who can take both positions. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to have to have guys who can fill in if you've got injuries and those sorts of things but you know in terms of focus during the spring making sure that everybody gets the most reps they can i think it's way more effective to get a guy like mitchell a bunch of reps at safety than it is to get him some reps at safety some reps at star and and sort of move him around a a lot so um, i'm actually really excited to hear those sorts of comments that they're focusing in on making sure that they have one specific position for these guys right the Jaden hill is the star okay great he's going to learn that position Mm -hmm. And if they have to move them outside, okay, they'll do it. But I think for the most part, they're going to hope that they have at least a two deep at both cornerback positions so that Jaden Hill can stay at the star, learn the star, excel at the star, and not, um, you know, and not have some of the communication and execution issues that they had last year just because of knowledge of the defense. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm big on those safeties too, Will, of, you know, some – some familiarity, getting a lot of experience last year. Those guys are going to play safety now. As you mentioned, the, the hill at star is interesting. I, I, I'll admit, you know, and uh, see if he has, um, you know, that, that uh, I think there's a mentality that, that goes to play along with that position there. And, you know, of course, uh, some little injury history there too. Uh, you know, we'll see how he feels in there. Um, but we, we heard you know, Javion say, you know, he, he likes what Perkins has been doing there uh, as well. Now we've seen a lot more of him uh, on the field the last couple of years, uh, not necessarily really able to break through and become that consistent starter. Uh, can he now under this new look secondary with Corey Raymond, new DC, um, Austin Armstrong, you know, find a more consistent role uh, out, out there on the field as well. So, yeah, very interesting uh, comments also with all those early enrollees. And, look, we, we heard Andy Jean and Kelby Collins and those guys uh, right before spring practice started through the Gator Collective of, like, hey, they, they want that attitude. They want the, the attitude of bringing a kind of new vibe in. You know, we, we heard the vibe wasn't so well, as you brought up, uh, Will, and Javion brought up the transfers heading out where there's some new guys, new blood coming in, and they do seem to be, you know, um, you know, bringing this kind of new mindset into this team uh, for, 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 for what Billy Napier's looking for in players and guys ready to hit the field and, and ready to contribute. Uh, and, look, for, for the secondary, I mean, I'll go through the names, you know, one more time, but – Jakeem Jackson, Jordan Castell, Sharif Denson, Bryce Thornton, Aaron Gates. I mean, those guys are getting early enrollee spring reps, and you hope by the time fall rolls around, those guys are, are, are ready to contribute because Florida, Florida's going to need one or two of those guys at some point this season back there in that secondary. Well, I mean, look, you can't have six guys who are freshmen, redshirt freshmen at a particular position and not have them contribute. They yep. have to contribute. They There's no to. depth otherwise, right? <laughs> yep. And so I think Miguel Witchell and, and Kamari Wilson are going to be in fantastic shape, but they're going to need to play off every once in a while yeah. or they're going to get nicked up every once in a while. Now, the good news is, is you could probably – Get through the uh, get through the Utah game while with minimal rotations if you have to, and then you obviously have the the I think it's McNeese State coming up week two where you've got a little bit of a cupcake where you can get these guys feet wet in the swamp um, that sort of stuff. But Florida, you know, they hit the ground running this year. They're on the road at Utah to start with, and so if there are any injuries in spring, you need these guys to step in. You may have guys who are really really young starting a game on the road in Utah right away, and so and then we'll week, week three. They got to be ready for that Tennessee passing attack. I mean, you, you, I mean, it's like you said, it, it is growing up fast for the for the for this young group. Well, the good news is is that uh, you know, 
as much as people like to throw shade at Hendon Hooker, I, I don't know that uh, Joe Milton's necessarily going to be able to reproduce that. It's still going to be a good offense. I don't think it's going to be as good as last year. Right. Um, but again, I, I look back at when you think about, especially against the Tennessee, if you go back and watch that Tennessee tape, a lot of Florida's mistakes there were communication mistakes, mm-hmm. not physical errors. And so freshmen who come in, especially in the spring when roll early, you would expect them to have a few of those, but not continuous. And so by the time you get three, four, five games in, those things should pretty much have resolved themselves. And that was one of the things I think that was kind of disturbing last year is those never really resolved themselves throughout the course of the year. So um, look, I I think when you've got this level of youth, there's not going to be any sacred cows. There's not going to be anybody out there who like, well, we can't remove you. It's like, no, like we've got everybody here is the same exact age. Everybody here has the same exact number of reps. We're going to put the best player in. And if you make the mental mistakes that everybody made last year, you're going to have somebody right behind them to bring in. So I think the level of competition at that that position is going to be really, really high. Now, you know, what's the ceiling? I don't know, because, you know, obviously the, the, um, the competition within the room. This is always the question you have in the spring game, right? When the when the offense sputters, you're like, well, was it the defense was great? Or or you know, if the offense torches the defense, well, is it because the offense is good? Like you're always asking that question. You're gonna ask that question coming out of spring camp all the time. But these guys were promised an opportunity to try to get a starting spot early. And they're gonna compete for it. And they have to see it, right? In practice. These true freshmen are coming in, sitting there going with the ones and the twos because at the end of the day, that's where the depth chart sort of lies. And so you're going to get that level of competition. So I'm excited to see what happens there um, You know, with, with a bunch of those young guys, especially. Jakeem Jackson is the one that I look at and just go. go. I, I have – so uh, Nick Newsom. He's going to be too good to keep off the field, Will. And where it is, he's producing interceptions in, in, in spring camp already. So – Coming along pretty fast, uh, the fast riser of, of the last recruiting class. Well, Nick Knudsen sent me some uh, some video of him when he went and saw him in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, let's just say that it it jumped right. Like the 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 video he was showing me from the high school game just jumped off the tape. He was also a wide receiver yeah. there in high school too, so you know he's somebody who knows that position from that side and that can only help you as a cornerback when you're trying to figure out exactly what routes somebody go on and things like that i thought it was interesting that javion basically when i asked him his favorite formation what it was a film formation it was something where you see the splits you see where the guys line up and that tells you what the routes are and what the route combinations will be for the guy who's coming out um that's interesting right because it means that uh you know in terms of the coaching staff, that's what they're trying to get these guys up on, right? Is don't try to guard the entire route tree. You see from their formation, this is what you're going to get. And to have someone light up and say, Hey, that's the thing that I'm, that I enjoy. And the thing that I'm proud of is being able to see from the pre-snap alignment, what's coming. So look, you get a guy like Jakeem Jackson, who's got those kind of physical skills. If he can pick up that stuff that Javion was talking about there earlier, then I think you've got a real dynamic combination there from uh, knowing what routes coming and then having the physical skills to take advantage of it. Yeah, plenty, plenty of young talent coming in. I'm, I'm eager to see those guys in that orange and blue game. Uh, I'm, I'm you know, this, this, the secondary group was highly regarded. Uh, of course, you know, Cormani McLean recruitment happens, and you know, some other targets out there. And of course, now Mitchell getting in trouble at Bama, and you know, all that stuff. Maybe it works out best for Florida in, in the end. Will with a lot of those names that we were discussing here. 
as I said, Jakeem Jackson, the, the, the riser throughout the class, uh, Sharif Denson, kind of the utility player back there, uh, Castell and Thornton, you know, being able to, to, to probably get some safety reps coming up as well. Aaron Gates, throw him in there too. Uh, yeah, I mean, those names, I'm eager to see when Florida lines up on that Thursday night in the Orange and Blue game, what early enrollees uh, maybe come out of that uh, with a little, a little more stature in their name and hopefully translate somewhere down the line in the fall. So, Will, before we sign off on this, you asked JV on the question about quarterbacks and your, your latest at read reaction, throwing in Max Brown's name into the, uh, the, the quarterback rotation, maybe more so than others out there. But hey, uh, JV on maybe even confirmed it a bit. Max Brown doing some work there this spring. Look, man, you look at his high school stats, and everybody always gets mad at me when I use high school stats. But two things one, that's all we have. And two, his are really impressive. Like he completed 72% of his throws in high school, go outside, set someone up 15 yards from you and try to throw it to him. <laughs> right. Like, like, you know, anybody who watched Anthony Richardson's pro day knows he airmailed a couple of those guys during. And, and in fact, we had Florida state fans trolling us on Twitter, showing video of him airmailing guys. Look, it's hard against air to hit 70 plus percent of your passes. And that doesn't mean I think he'll complete 70% of his passes at Florida. But what it suggests to me is that he makes good decisions and he goes through his progressions. And he's not a guy, a lot of times you see a guy who's like in the 1500s overall from a recruiting ranking perspective. And you go, okay, like, you know, he's got limitations in terms of his physical ability, his running ability, or even his arm strength. And that's not what you see on tape. What you see is a guy who's a baseball player who started playing football when he was a junior in high school. And at times was able to use his physical gifts in a lower division in Oklahoma in order to, to sort of mask some of the deficiencies in terms of his ability to read the defense and those sorts of things. But, um, you know, look, I like the fact that he's playing baseball. I think that's somebody who's competitive. I think that's somebody who's not going to like back away when there's a challenge in front of him, right? A lot of people would slink away and say, well, if I want to win the quarterback position, I guess I shouldn't go after this other thing that I want. Brown said, screw it. I'm going to go for it, right? And so I, I like that moxie part of it as well. And uh, and, and then the other thing is just, I, I think I have real concerns, as most of the fan base does, I think, about Graham Mertz and what he was able to put on film at Wisconsin. And, you know, I, I, I was looking. Wisconsin had two top 10 defenses and a defense that was 17th in the three years that Mertz was there. And I think they went 20 and 13. And so, you know, I get it. The Wisconsin offense is not that imaginative and everything was under center and, and they definitely did not put him in the best um, in the best situation to succeed. But I think there's a ceiling there that is uh, limited, I guess might be the way, the way to put it. And maybe that's what Florida needs is consistent where to have merch, take a, take a jump to where he's got a QB rating in like the 135 to 140 range. And then he's just consistent that it's that way, whether you're playing Vanderbilt, whether you're playing LSU, whether you're playing McNeese state, that that's, that's consistent along the way. Cause a lot of Florida's losses last year came because Anthony Richardson wasn't consistent and one game he'd be great. The next game he wouldn't be. Um, maybe you get that same volatility with a guy like Brown, but I just look at it and say, from a ceiling perspective, he's the best prospect they have on the roster right now. And so, you know, he, people I think need to be prepared that I, I would be surprised if he doesn't get real, real snaps during the season this year that matter. Will, do you erase so much of what Graham Mertz was able to do in high school because he's so far removed from it? I mean, I, I think I go back to what he did in high school and the statistics typically would suggest that he's, that he would have had about a one in four shot of being a star. And so then you look at the three years at Wisconsin and go, okay, he was the 75% who's not. 
And maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he turns out like Bo Nix going out to Oregon Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden seeing a major jump in all of his accuracy statistics and a major jump in really every statistic for Nix out in Oregon. But then I also look at it and I go, Nix went from Auburn Right, where he was playing Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, all the SEC. Well, he played, all- he played. He played Georgia game one, and yeah, it wasn't. That didn't look real great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it turns out that his play against the SEC last year not so great, um, but then goes out to the Pac-12 and succeeds. That's my worry, right? My worry is is that yes, the Wisconsin offense was limiting. But now you're coming from the Big Ten where, look, a bunch of your games are going to be against Purdue and Indiana and, and you know, Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska. There ain't any of those in the SEC. Maybe Vanderbilt, right? But, I mean, I, I think we all know that the SEC – I mean, if you start ticking off the recruiting rankings, you get to like 25th in the recruiting rankings, you're like 12 SEC teams in. So the talent deficit between the Big Ten and the SEC is real and significant. Now, between Ohio State and the SEC or Michigan and the SEC, that difference isn't all that much. But there's a reason why Wisconsin rarely wins the Big Ten and doesn't get to the um, – and, and doesn't get to the playoff. And there's a reason why Michigan State sort of got to the playoff once and then sort of fell off. There's just a huge talent deficit between those two. The, the front end and the back end of that conference, are, are it's pretty top-heavy. It's not the way it is in the SEC. So, look, can I see Mertz taking a step forward? Yes, I can. The point that I was making in the article is that even if he takes a step forward, because he's got negative rushing yards for his career, that even if he takes a step forward, you're looking at like average quarterback play at best. And so if that's what you need to go eight and four because you've got a defense that's improved significantly, then okay, maybe that's what you do. But if you're going to need to get into shootouts, I think you're really going to struggle with him behind center. And so that's that's the thing is you got to kind of gauge where you are on your de- on the defensive side of the ball to say, can I get away with – does a game manager make me eight and four or nine and three? Or does a game manager put me at six and six? And if a game manager puts you at six and six, then take the shot with the guy who's maybe a high-variance prospect, but somebody who at least you'll know by the end of the year – whether Max Brown is is the guy, or you go, hey, DJ Lagway, the job's wide open for you, or <laughs> and everybody's still excited to do that, right? You're no longer you're no longer having a quarterback battle or anything. It's Lagways to win if, if Brown is able to 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 wrestle the job away from the other two guys who are there. Or again, I mean, you know, Napier's talked about bringing in a, a transfer prospect, and maybe that's the option as well. But without having that prospect in camp. I look at the three of them and say, if I had to pick one, it'd, it'd be Brown based on the statistical profile. Obviously, he's got to prove that in camp. There we go. So if you want a different look at the quarterback competition this spring, Will throws out really good analysis of one Max Brown and maybe how he could contribute to that quarterback battle. So, all right, there we go. Will and I back together. Will, you've been, you've been uh, we've we've talked, but uh, enjoying uh, a, a little bit of a little bit of time off. Uh no, because we got we got our preseason magazine that Nick and I are working on, so uh that that'll be coming out around Memorial Day, and and we'll we'll have more announcements for that. But uh, um and baseball season starting, so the yeah. kids are all of a sudden. Uh, I got to wake up early this morning and rewatch the Otani Trout at bat with my kids. Hey. He's a huge Otani fan, so it never ends, man. Four kids around here, so there's always something going on. But uh, but it's 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 I will admit it's nice sometimes to have an evening off where you're uh, where you're not. When you're not live here on Gators Breakdown, but yeah. you don't know what that's like because you're here, you know, twenty four seven, man. Like, if the spring practice started, I was like, man, Dave is putting out a ton of content. All this stuff's going on, so yeah, you kind of had spring break up. last week, maybe to slow you down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I did, did, yeah, I did enjoy some time uh, with with my daughter out of school, and my wife and I went down to Orlando for a few days. So, yeah, 
But uh, now, back at it till that Thursday night Orange and Blue game. So, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Don't slow down. Don't slow down. <laughs> Going to be fun, man. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, absolutely. Everybody, keep the conversation going at Gators Breakdown Plus. If you want ad-free versions of Gators Breakdown audio, you can get it there as well. For Will Miles, you can find him on Twitter at WillMilesSEC and his site, ReadReaction.com. I'm David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. How's it goes out there? Thank you for joining us on this episode of Gators Breakdown.